Ladies and germs, I'm going to get right into it. Uh, today, I have a very special guest. People say that, but this is a very special guest. He is a actor. Are you an actor? No. no. He's a reality, a reality icon. Sure. Reality icon, <laughs> uh, producer, creator, uh, supernatural, would you say? Investigator. Investigator. Uh, he's a legend. He's born of legends. Uh, and we have a lot to catch up on. He's a raconteur. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jack Osborne. Thank you very much. That's quite the intro. Dude. That was good. You have so many titles, bro. I don't know about that. First of all, I really appreciate you coming in here. I know no the worries. office is a little dirty. No, dude, it's fine. It's all good. You should see my house. I got four kids. It's like... Well, like I said, you're the white Nick Cannon. <laughs> you, you drop. You drop. Right? Yeah, you know, it's... You look at... You look at somebody, they kind of get <laughs> in their they, first trimester. Right, it just happens. Yeah. Um, do I have so much to say to you? Um, first, I really do appreciate your time. No worries. No, this is. I like love great. that you came up here. Uh, Jack has like blessed my office, so it means a lot because I know how he lives his life. Yeah, this is great. I love it. So, dude, there's so much about you. How old are you? Uh, I'm 37. You're 37. Yeah. Oh, do you want something weird? I thought last year I was 37. I went an entire year when I was 36 telling everyone I was 37. <laughs> and then I like stopped, right? My Because my birthday was in November. And I was like, wait, now I'm 37. That's how you know you're old when you just don't even fucking care about your age. For a whole year. Yeah. I, I was telling everyone I was 37 and I was 36. <laughs> Why did that happen? I don't know. I really have no idea. But is it sound good enough in your Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I'm great. Um, so you're 37. Yes. Is that good? Yeah. You're 37. Okay. And so did you grow up mostly in England? Mostly in LA actually. Cause I, I moved here. We moved here like three times and then we finally. Put like, a little closer to your mouth. We finally stayed there here. Is. That's what she said. Yes. Um, uh, she finally, uh, they, we finally stayed here when I was 12 years old. So I've been here since I was 12, basically. Since you were 12? Yeah. Okay. And you, Beverly Hills? The mean streets of Beverly Hills, yeah. Hardcore, it's, son. You better watch it. Um, I'm going to try to, because I have ideas of how I want to guide this convo, but it's gonna, right. I know we're going to go off the rails. But I have to tell you, like, you don't real. I mean, we have our own personal history, which I'll get into, but... <laughs> When your show, I think it, it's probably a top three show for me all time. Oh wow! It, I, I I I think you started in two thousand. Uh, two no, two, uh, it aired in two thousand two. We started filming in two thousand one. You were the same time that I was the same time. Yeah. So I went from o two to o four. Yeah, that's basically us. Yeah, we went o two to o five. Yes, and you guys. But I started filming in 01. I would watch, I would be filming my show, and you know, you're dead and tired and all that stuff. <laughs> and then my whole weekend after catching up and doing all of my pranks and shit would be just binging. This is when you, I don't know if we could, I think we could DVR that. I think TiVo was around. Like TiVo, I would TiVo all your episodes. Yeah. And I would just watch them all Saturday. You, Blind Date, and me. Were my favorite shows. Blind Date was great. I also liked Eliminate. Eliminate was amazing. Yeah. Next. Next. Yeah, I got to do an app. I'm sure oh, you, you did. did. 
that what we do promo apps. Yeah. And I I I knew I knew nothing about anyone in the family except Ozzy. And then it was there was a precursor to your show in the sense that was the Pamela Amy Heckerling, I think she directed or produced a, a a whole documentary series about American rock and roll or something. Okay. It was rock stars, and your dad made a fried egg in it. Do you remember that? Huh. He he made a fried egg, and it was Ozzy Osbourne, <laughs> and it was in the eighties. Okay. First, it was the whole. Oh no, that was you. You're talking about um. Uh, legendary. It was um, Penelope Spheres. Penelope Spheres, exactly. It was a decline. Decline of Western, Western world. First yeah. was the punk years, and next was the metal years. Yep. Your dad was the metal years. Yeah. And it was Ozzy Osbourne making a fried egg. Yeah, and no one ever seen anything like that. Decline was is an amazing doc, amazing doc. Yeah, and then when you guys did your show, like unless you saw that one little clip of your dad, no one knew, and it was yeah. you, it was so groundbreaking. You understand you how groundbreaking you are? I don't know about that. I was just kind of listen. My my thing was like I was 15 years old, and they said, "Hey, you're going to be on MTV," and in 2000. When they were like, you're going to be on MTV at 15, that's like... A hundred thousand percent. But you were living in MV- MTV. Your, yeah. Your family, your father, is one of the reasons why MTV survived. Yeah, but it was... it was My dad was never like an MTV artist. Because he was kind of... It was, it was always weird. Because there would always be this issue about, why aren't they playing Aussie videos on MTV? Why aren't they playing Aussie... You know, Ozfest was huge. It was like this constant back and forth. And they were just like, well, he's not necessarily, you know, he's not. I mean, because you got to think in, in the 90s, it was like Nirvana, Pearl Jam. And, you know, that was the yes. big, big draw. The 80s kind of hair metal bands had gone, even though my dad wasn't. He I kind saw. Of progressed past that. I remember watching him, though. There was a big concert on MTV with him. And he was, I want to say maybe it was the Bark at the Moon tour. Okay. In yeah. the, like 80. Yeah. I think I was in seventh grade. Yeah. It was when MTV started, he was much more of a staple. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was before Van Halen. Yeah. And then Van Halen was that, was, but rock and roll was pretty much that until 88, 89, I would yeah. say. Yeah. And then it got hip hop and then it got everybody. Yeah. It went grunge hip hop and yeah. But the, so there was always this weird, like I remember being, you know, my mom would always get in like Judy pissed at the label cause I weren't pushing my dad's videos enough for the MTV and, and then MTV two launched and VH one. And that's when they, they started playing a lot of my dad's stuff. Um, but the show was kind of one of those things where it honestly, it came about because we'd done an episode of, uh, uh, Cribs. That's right. And my dad refused. He was, he was all just pissed off and he's like, I don't want to film it. And so me, my sister and my mom kind of took the cameras around and the episode did really, really well. I remember this. Yes. (laughs) It was I th- was it early in Cribs? Yeah, it was. It was because it, it. God, it was in two, maybe ninety nine or two thousand. Yeah, because I think I think that was the episode that kind of either made Cribs become huge or was like early on and put Cribs on the map. Yeah, it was. It was definitely one of the. I mean, I it was. That. It was like the most requested. They would have people like writing in, being like, "Play that episode again," and yeah, and so, then they, and so you did that. And then MTV said, there's a show here. Yeah, and it was it was funny because, you know, our good friends, you know, Rod Asa over of at- uh, Legends. Yep. And, Shouts out. Yeah, and Greg Johnston and, and Lois. Um, and uh, Do you see yourself in that? Oh, yeah. I can okay, see myself. Hi, yeah. I can see my, 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 my hat. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, it was kind of one of those things where we just met. We went for a lunch meet, a dinner meeting at Ivy on the Shore in, in Santa Monica. Great spot. Great spot. Great crab. Uh, yeah, real good crab. I'm, I'm yeah, I like the Cajun blackened shrimp. That's, yeah, that's the jam. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was like, hey. We want to do something with you guys. We don't know what, though. And we just spitballed. We sat over dinner, and they're like, you know, does Jack and Kelly want to do VJ stuff? And and after, like, a two-hour dinner, we landed at, like, why don't we just do our own version of the real world? And that was literally how it was pitched. Wow. Yeah. Dude, two things. Because I took that dinner with Lois and Rod, and I I don't think it was Ivy. I think it was Mastro's at the shore or okay. or Boa, and it was the same. They're the best. Oh, the best. They're the best, the last of executives where we're like, let's just have a bottle of wine and some amazing food and talk. Yeah, and figure this out. Yes, it wasn't like no stringent. So the fact, so you go in, you do that. Do you understand though that you kind it was you just said something the real world was the only thing yeah you guys were the first you were pre Kim and um and uh God Jesus Christ Kardashians no pre um <sighs> Paris and Nicole and Nicole yeah you were pre Paris and Nicole which I think was like the next iteration yep. yeah you guys were pre Kardashians all of that yeah it was it, it it in the kind of order of things it went Osborne's um. Anna Nicole Smith, and then Nick and Jessica. Yes. Those three were like, we were all in like that. Once we did ours and it worked, then it was like instantly Nicole, uh, Anna Nicole Smith, and then um, uh, uh, Nick and Jessica. Nick and Jessica. Dude, yeah. you wrote, you, you, you were pioneers of, you're pioneers of, basically you, uh, the format which you guys did is you kind of created like a version of a sitcom. Yeah. Like, yeah. but you did a reality sitcom. Like before a sitcom, whoever did the first one, that's what I look at you guys. I look at you guys as like the Norman Lear of reality. <laughs> well, it's funny. Cause like, and it's just so fucking funny. I, you know, I, it's I, so I, funny. And I know that this works in there, but I guarantee most of it's natural. Oh, it, there was very little. They, yes. the, the kind of producing that they would have a tiny, it was like, Hey, will you guys go on a vacation or Hey, can you and your dad go on a fishing trip? Exactly. It was like that kind of stuff. And it, they would never get, tell us to, you know, walk in the room and say, Hey, what the fuck? It just happened. Um, but the funny thing is, you know, obviously I've been producing reality shows for God, for a long time now, uh, as well as like hosting shows but the the thing that's crazy is the way it's done now is so it's so scripted it's it's, so, it's way crazier than wrestling yeah yes. like wrestling you have your points yeah but now they're like giving you lines yeah. and no i know i knew because i was i'm glued i'm glued i was glued to you i was glued to blind date even though blind date was probably more of a work yeah but there was all that i love happy accents and i just knew that you guys were just these bulls in a china shop yeah, and it was just so. It you also are a pioneer of taking the basic cable television channel and making it more relevant than network television. And MTV was yeah. already becoming it was already relevant, but not for programming. No, it was for uh, award show events or crazy music videos or drama. But you guys put them on a programming map. Yeah. I mean, the real world did stuff, but I just feel like you guys know you guys had that biggest payday. Yeah. Yeah. We got we got paid pretty nicely. And you know why that happened? Why? It's actually kind of fucking genius. Um, I'm sure Sharon had something to do with it. Yeah. It was kind of like a 
on purpose and accident at the same time. So we we started filming season one in October of 2001. Okay. And it was just, we were only supposed to film for three weeks to do a pilot. Um, and then we just kept going. And then, it, you know... The you know Christmas happened. We go into the new year of two thousand two, and and then you know they're cutting it, and everyone's going like all this like buzz is like coming around. Like the networks like oh huge wow. buzz. This is like this is a thing, and we go to the uh, TV upfronts, and everyone was like, "What the fuck is this?" And like it got it was getting a lot of media hype. But the negotiation process, we would just yeah like sure yeah we'll sign the contract we'll sign the contract and they would be like sending over stuff you know paperwork to sign and you know our business manager would go back and tweak this do that do this and then we got these you know we got uh, Ari Emanuel like kind of rolled in and was like all right like let's uh, you know there's some something going on we can we can help you and um we they premiered the entire first season without any of us signing a release. <laughs> <laughs> no, the entire thing. <laughs> so ten episodes of it of myself and Kelly, both minors, and my both my parents without a signature on anything. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. This is not MTV. This is not Paramount. This is Viacom. Yeah. This is a fucking one of the six media conglomerates. Yeah. You had them buy the taint. And so we basically were like, pay up or like, you're going to have problems. And they were just like, all right, what do you want? So things were so hot mm-hmm. and you guys were negotiating so much that it was all a good faith. Yeah. 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 Cool. We'll sign. No problem. They even, <sighs> at one point, I forgot who it was from MTV. We were in New York doing promo. And the head of the, I forget, who was the head? It was not um, Brian Graydon. It was, um, God, who was? Another legend. It was, yep, yep. Um, who, there was someone above him. And, and he called my dad up to his office, and he was like, hey, you know, we're so excited about the show, you know, because the first episode had already aired, and it got great numbers. And, and he, like, handed my dad a check, and he's like, hey, here you go. Like, I want to make sure you guys, you know, because they knew. <laughs> and my dad, like, took the check, and... My, listen, my dad, it, although some might think he's not, he's switched on as fuck. Oh, he's super And he just, on. like, took the check into the elevator on the way down was just like, rip, rip. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> ripped, ripped up the check. He was like, I'm fucking taking that. Wait, who gave him the check? The, the head of the network. They were like, yep. That's, for everybody listening, that's bizarrely, that, that never happens. happens. That's never the happens. weird, it's like, hey, Ozzy, take this side piece. Yeah. We'll figure, that's not, those guys don't even know who the accounting people are. 100%. That's, that's why it was so fucking weird. That's mafia, bro. Yeah. It was like, just take yeah. this down. Was it, was it seven figures? Uh, or no, high sixes? It was, it was, it was, nice I would sixes. say it was, it was medium sixes. Medium sixes. Okay. Yeah, medium sixes. So here's for you and the kids. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think it was like, I think they, yeah, it was like, I actually don't even think it was medium. I think it was like. 100k for my dad, 100k for my mom, and like 50k for me and Kelly. So like 250. Yeah, that's not yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. Yeah. So your dad ripped it up. Yeah, and then it was, and that's, I mean, we own the Osbournes now. Like we, we have all. Like that's why it's not on MTV anymore. That's why you don't see reruns. We own it. I know, and I know you're gonna possibly do stuff, yeah. but I won't talk about it oh, unless you want I mean, to. Yeah, we can. I mean, what's your plan? So we're gonna launch something in this year called Osborne Media House, and we're gonna have like we're all gonna be doing our own podcasts, and we're gonna um, we're right. gonna have the old episodes uh, to where it, like there's once you get if you subscribe, there's a paywall kind of like a Patreon type thing. Mm-hmm. You'll have access to all the old episodes, and you know we're gonna do some new stuff with the old episodes as well, and like you know some Dude. commentary stuff. 
It has to be. Yeah. It's you, fucking brilliant. Do you want to know what's crazy? I, I actually put an episode on for my kids for the first time last night. And what happened? They would, my, my daughter. How old's your oldest? My oldest is 10. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Pearl. Uh, Andy is seven. But Pearl's like 30 in her mind. She is. She's, yeah. yeah she's super, like, a, she's a wise, super wise advanced. Yeah. Um, Andy, she's seven. Uh, she's a total ball buster. Minnie, she's four. And then we have Maple, who's six months. Mm-hmm. So we were sat on the couch, and they because they they like you have watch, all girls, all girls, dude. Oh God! I got the player's curse. <laughs> God, God <laughs> is teaching you a lesson. I know. He's like, hey, hello. So so that's beautiful, though. Yeah. You you will be the best. I I you know here's the thing I look at. You I, know every pitfall. Oh yeah. It's oh. true. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know I know every one liner a guy's ever gonna throw at him. Yeah. Every promise, yeah. every Oh uh, God, it's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't ask for a better dad. Totally. I mean Yeah. So you watch the episode and what happened? Pearl was into it. She was funny. She was like, Oh my god. She kept saying, Nana looks so different. Nana's face looks so different. My mom's probably had like three or four facelifts since then. So yeah. she looks very different. Mm-hmm. And maybe one or two different noses. Mm-hmm. Um but it was just funny. And then Andy just kept going, oh, my God, this is so cringe. This is so cringe. And she's seven. She's like, I can't watch this. I want to turn it off. It's too cringe. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The reviews of the seven-year-old. Yeah. Okay, so dude, but so one of the things about the show is it introduced us, as you guys, as this perfect little nuclear family who, you know, that's what you guys were. This The foils and the and the fibles of, or whatever that word is where it's just – Things of life of going to Trader Joe's. Yeah. You just happen to, ha- you know, your father just happened to be a world-renowned rock star. Uh, and and you guys did, you did kick it. The house was amazing in BH. Yeah. But there's a, I don't, you tell me, I can cut anything out. There was a third, there's a, you have another sister. I do, yeah. And I don't, if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. But the thing was that I didn't even know until like, I'm like, there's another Osborne. I was like two seasons deep. Yeah. So what, how did that come about? Or she just never wants to play? She, she's a very. All same family? Yeah, all same. Yep. Same mom and dad. She's very private. Okay. And she just, she was kind of, I guess at the time it was kind of like, ugh, MTV. Like that was the, uh, you know, she was a little bit, she was. She's, she's more Silver Lakey? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and it just never appealed to her. And I kind of. I, I've always wondered, like, we're not very close at all. We never, I never see her. We never really speak. So I don't know. I've often wondered, like, I've always wanted to have a conversation with her being like, do you regret not doing it? Mm-hmm. You know, I think she would never admit it, but I don't know. You know, she just chose not to. And, you know, she's done, dabbled in music. It's kind of, you know, she's released some stuff here and there. And I just, I don't know. She kind of just does her thing. Did she live in the house with me while you guys no, were doing it? No, she moved out. She moved out right, uh, about a year before we started, she moved out very young. Um, yeah, and she just was, she's kind of just. Does um, she talk, I mean, again, I'll cut this. Oh, yeah, no, it's does fine. Does she talk to, every, or she, she, I mean, she's close, she's close to my parents, but okay. not with Kelly and I. We, okay. We, we rarely speak to each other. Because you guys are like these little bookends, and then you've got the parents, and it's like you guys are like, here's the parent salt, salt and pepper shaker, and you guys are the kids salt <laughs> pepper. It was like this perfect little, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. then there was the third. But I was that the the spin was that she just didn't want to do it, and that was a lot of nobleness. Yeah, in the press, people were like, "Okay, that's fine." Yeah, because it did work perfectly with you guys. Totally. Yeah, yeah. and it, listen, truth be told, it would have been fun with Amy because she is very different from Kelly and I. Mm-hmm. It would have, and I would have never had a problem with her doing it. It would have been fine. It would have been great. But she just, 
you know, for whatever reason, you know, whether it was pride or just being a shy person, it just never, you know, she never wanted to do it. Okay. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean, it's like I said, I don't, we're not close. I never really see her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's no, I don't know. It's kind of like from that, from when we started doing the show, it's like, it was always just been Kelly and I at that point. She, yeah. She's kind of, you know, we're and, like ships passing in the night kind of thing. Listen, we yeah, just because people are family doesn't yeah, mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I exactly. have that. Yeah. We all have that. Um, when your the show was done, were you eighteen yet? Uh, we finished, and I had had I just turned eighteen, or was I nineteen? I think I was I I was about to turn nineteen because right after is when I went off to England and did my show over there for like like six years. What was your other show? I did a show called Adrenaline Junkie. It was like extreme sport travel show. Okay, so like I traveled all over the world doing all these different crazy stunts and stuff. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. It was like I was like one of those Instagram assholes before Instagram. And was it MTV? No, it was. Uh, I did it for ITV Two in England. Okay. Yeah, we actually it was funny. We were like in like 160 countries except North America. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We were everywhere. We were in. The, we were even in the Vatican. Like I got this like thing that like Vatican TV were like they were like oh it does really well in Vatican City and I was like what the fuck? Because <laughs> they have their own network. Yeah. And we'll get into it a little bit later, but but I when I met you, really, I I think I'd seen you at different events and yeah. stuff. But when I really got to know you more is when I had my house on Fairfax, yeah, and it was across the street. It was you. It was Jay. Yeah. It was uh, Mike Redhead. Yeah, big big Mike, big Mikey, um, the creator of um, what's of Raya? Yeah. Uh, m- m- a lot of other things, and then and I, my buddy Trugman, but I don't know if Trugman was in your group. No, no, but M- Milanakis moved in when I moved out, and Milanakis. Yeah, it was a fun house. That was that four. Yeah, yeah, no. you guys had the house underneath the tree. Yeah. Now, how long were you guys there? I was there probably six months to a year. Yeah, because I had done. I was doing a bunch of movies. I was overseas, and when I came back, you guys were there for most of my run when I was overseas, and then. You were leaving, but you were there for like a month when I was there. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Someone was telling me about because I think I saw McGinnis recently, mm-hmm. and we were talking about it. But when a bunch of oh no, it was Brian because my buddy Brian Milo lived with us too. Yeah. And one night these chicks rolled over, and we yeah. sent them over to your house. <laughs> they were like, they were like these like somehow I don't know who they were, but they just like these three girls like walked in the house. They're like, hey, we want to have an after party, and like everyone had kind of like settle down for the night and they yeah. were just wasted and we were like go across the street Jamie Kennedy's house there knock on the door go hang out with Jamie Jamie uh, <laughs> thank you you're welcome did they come over I believe they did <laughs> do you know how he said you're getting old you don't know what year you're at it's it's I'm getting really old when I don't remember which girls you sent over for the after party <laughs> thank you for that special delivery yeah no worries no worries it was, so- it was very neighborly right <laughs> Some people borrow eggs. Yep. Oh God. Well, I'll get canceled for that. Yeah, um, well, you know, dude, it's so funny. Yeah, you, your house was. It was fucking. It was wild. That place. Let's just say it was pre-social media. Yeah, pre-social media, pre-cell phone camera. Yeah, like the living room was like a land center. It was just. Vid- it was just gaming computers and online poker and poker games and mm-hmm. like we McGinnis hooked it up to where we had a Red Bull sponsorship for the house so like every yeah. month like a truck of Red Bull would turn up and there was it was always something going on it was it was fantastic yeah 
and I meet you there, and I and so then you had left, and I don't know. I think you left maybe to do your show yeah. or whatever. So, uh, I had no idea about how you are because how you were on TV and a little bit I saw you over there, and then as I when I got met you again recently, we caught up. I had no idea you're you're like really are a outdoorsman. Yeah, I like, like you came off as like I'm not gonna talk. You came off as, you know, you had your glasses on. You were Harry Potter. Yeah, I you know like, what I mean. Yeah, I was like a little douchey Beverly Hills kid. No, you weren't douchey, <laughs> but you were. I got you more. You had this beautiful diction and this very big vocabulary and this wonderful <laughs> accent and like father. You know, I don't believe. And so Am- amongst all the swearing. Yeah, but you were like you know you were wear like vest once in a while. I mean, <laughs> you were very you know you could I you could be with the Duchess of York. I don't know about that. And you could also be on Skid Row. Not you'd still be greatly dressed on Skid Row, but you could have conversations with anyone. I put you as one of these people that can survive anywhere in the world with talking with people. Yeah, I probably could. You're a world class talker. Mm-hmm. And but but what's fascinating is I see I catch up with you again, and you've got guns, you've got ATVs, you've got bolo bow knives, you've got fucking <laughs> helicopter pad. I mean, like you're. <laughs> And you're like, yo, here's how you do a double sailor knot reverse loop. Like, <laughs> you're, I had no idea you did all yeah, this. Yeah. yeah when does this, when was that at that part of your life? Yeah. So after the Osbournes, I went and did that show, Adrenaline Junkie. And it just kind of, it, it was kind of like, it was like college for me. All my friends went off to college and got like master's degrees and I filled up two passports. I went. The way and, to do it. Yep. I went everywhere and like, I, and I learned a lot about the outdoors, like really, you know. Were you that way before when you were like, daddy? I, well, my, my thing was before doing the show, like when I was probably until about 14 or 15, I was like, I'm just going to join. I wanted to join the army. That was like what I wanted to do. I no, I got you as a beautiful intellectual <laughs> private school, very intelligent kid. That's how you came off. Yeah, and, and, and now and you're that was season one, and then season like three, <laughs> two and three, I was just like strung out on pills. But yeah, you know. okay. Listen, you you wanted to take a nap. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Know. So, but so, but this whole outdoorsy this thing, like you're yeah. a super like, I'll call you about anything. If I was going to get a gun, I would ask you what oh, you yeah. If I wanted to set up a bug out house, I ask you. I mean, so you, I, if I ask you where well water is, you're going to tell me. <laughs> get the dowsing rods. Yeah. So <laughs> when it did, so it happened around that time. Yeah. So like from from 19 to about 24, I traveled. I did a ton of. I just got I got really in the outdoors. I was rock climbing, mountaineering, you know, I mean, God, when I was 19, I, that the summer when I, between 19 and 20, I basically spent the whole summer in a tent. Like it was great. And I was like, I full on climbing bum and it was awesome. I just really took a liking to like getting out there and experiencing the world and like doing crazy shit. And one thing just led to the other. And then, you know, I started shooting and then I did this, I did this show, um, in uh, Indiana, where I actually went to a police academy and became a cop, and then that kind of really got me into you know. You have your license in Indiana. I, I yeah, I'm actually I'm, I'm on a different department now. I'm kind of I'm inactive, but um, how yeah. long did it take to do that? Um, so what they did is when we were filming the show, they essentially took like a like a four month academy and slammed it into like three weeks straight. Like it was crazy. Like the amount of training we had to do in like three weeks to like meet all these hours and all these state mandate requirements when we did the show. Um, which was funny because the biggest complaint of the show was that when it aired, everyone thought we would, we were faking that we weren't actually cops. 
and we we were like full on swan. This was in two thousand six. Never would the show happen today now. But they took a bunch of celebs and like put them through a police academy, and yeah. So I. Wait, was that the Armed and Famous? Yes, that was. <laughs> yeah. You and Eric Estrada, yeah. cops. Yeah. Who else was on it again? What uh, girl? Uh, Latoya Jackson. <laughs> which, which is kind of interesting because I you I can kinda... pull that pillow back if you want. Oh, cool. What happened? You can take, throw it all. Just get a little cozy. Get cozier. Um, yeah. So it was uh, yeah myself, Wee Man, Latoya Jackson, Eric Estrada. What a force! And Tristratus from WWE. Trish could handle it. Yeah. She yeah. can handle it. And that it. was the thing. It was kind of like, it was like me and Trish and Wee Man were like the ones that like took it seriously. Okay. And you know, Wee Man's, he's a pro skater. That guy's an athlete. Yeah, for sure. Um, And so is Trish. Yeah. And Trish. Can, and Eric Estrada can handle himself. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He would yell at a lot of people. <laughs> no, Eric, Eric, Eric was great, man. He was, he was, it was a really, and even LaToya, like it was funny. Like I, I felt like I had a real kind of insight into the Jackson family because we like lived together for like four months in Indiana yeah in this hotel all of us did you not know the Jacksons before that I did of course I mean who doesn't know but like but you, did you I'm saying you would have more than an average person yeah I mean I mean I didn't know the, oh know them no I didn't know them on on that level or anything but it was uh it was it was cool like she was a really interesting woman and I met her she's sweet yeah 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 I had a, I mean it was a great time and I stayed on that department for years and then in, I think, 2014 or 15, I know, I think it was 2015 or 16, I, I, I let my credentials lapse, and then I, I joined a different department. See, that's crazy. Yeah. I would never know that. Dude, You, I could talk to you for hours because you're so smart, and <laughs> you're so worldly, <laughs> and you're so humble. Like, it's amazing. Like, and I, I want to go back to what we were saying is, I'm talking about your house and, and my house. Like, how, how, I was just talking to my buddy Stu. You know, Stu? Stu. He used to rap with me back okay, in the yeah, day. Yeah, it, was yeah, like, yeah. it was Simon and Andy. Yeah. You know, Tom Green, me and Stu. There was like a bunch of the yeah. little crews. And we're like, he, we're like, yeah, pre MySpace. Yeah, pre MySpace. Like, I mean, life pre MySpace was a different, different world. Cause we were talking about, I was like, he was telling me about some people that we used to roll with, and he's like, "Well, that that guy's in in jail for uh, fraud. The other guy goes like, do you remember like we invest in all these restaurants? Yep. And you'd get a little piece, and you'd walk in and say, hey, I have a piece of a restaurant, table eight, yeah, Geisha House, yeah. So I'm sure you were and I were investing in some of the similar ones. So Geisha yeah. House was our go to. Uh-huh. Do you remember that? Of course. And yeah. then we would go to Mood. Mm-hmm. And Dude. then and <laughs> LAX, L oh God, Las Palmas, yeah. and Suck Sung would run it. God bless his soul, push him out. Like, yeah. I mean, and then the after parties, and so yeah, the weird the house all the way at the top on Hollywood, the yes. one that they filmed in. Uh, I love you, man. Yes, there was so many after parties in that house. Dude, it was like because you would go, you'd pig out on sushi, and then you'd get a discount for investing in this restaurant. Yeah. But you would get, like, the best service and be like, hey, it's a piece of my restaurant. Ashton had a piece. A lot of people, yeah. you had a piece. Yeah. And then you'd go to the mood, or you would go to Ledoux. Ledoux. Ledon't. Yep. And it's supposed to close at 2, but they'll keep the back group open until 4. Mm-hmm. And then we would go to that house at 4, and you come up, 
And then you end up at Swingers eating eggs. Yes, seven and, in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and no, and everyone had a great life. And there was no pictures. None. No evidence. None. It was great. And he said evidence, not like anything was bad, <laughs> but just digital footprint. Yeah. And there was no. I hate this world. It was no clout. No, and it was because people uh, were having fun just to have fun, yes. not to take pictures of it and post it. Like, yeah, it's like no, just fucking go and have fun. I, this is how I look at Hollywood. I mean, there's a lot of things, but in this little part of it, I'll say this. Hollywood was, yes, Hollywood has a lot of issues. Yeah, of course. Okay. And it has to get better. And it is being shooken out now like a rug, Yeah, which it should be. But there was a beautiful little group of people mm -hmm. that wanted to have the most fun they could ever have. Yeah. And not illegal and not amoral. Maybe some people would think it's amoral, yeah. you know, but it's not bad. No. And we just, you know, no one wanted to fucking know but it got infiltrated. But what I with, with social media, it got infiltrated by these what I call reporters. Mm -hmm. And so they were people that are always involved, but they were also starting to document it. Yes. And for, by doing that, they had no singing, dancing, writing, whatever. Their talent was exposing. Yes. And you can expose if something's bad all day. But it was like, hey, aren't I cool? And to make myself look better, look at this person messing up. Yeah. You know what I think is funny is like, you know, and you kind of go down like some of the YouTube rabbit holes and it's whether it's like Alex Jones talking about and the Satanists in Hollywood. Like good impression. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming for your babies. The frogs are gay now. Yeah. <laughs> um, it like I have never seen. And you would think, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you would think, oh, Ozzy Osbourne, Jack Osbourne. Like, if there's some weird satanic shit in Hollywood, like, let's invite them. I never saw anything fucking dark like that. I never saw anything fucking Illuminati. I never saw any of that shit. Now, I found myself in places where you're like, these fucking people are shady, but there's not some, like, organized cabal that's, like, operating within the shadows that I have ever seen. That you've ever seen. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying there absolutely isn't, but I yes. never fucking, I don't know if you ever saw it. I have never seen anything like that. I always tell people I saw people having a good time, yeah. but I never went to a mansion and saw or open up what's behind door number one, what's behind door, no. Yeah. I never saw that. Like, And I tell people this multiple times. Every time I went to the Playboy Mansion, it was like magic. It was so much fun. It was like, listen. The the numbers are incredible. It's six to one. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a dude, I can never bring another dude. That's how I got to kind of know Chris Evans. I don't really know him that well now, but like I was like my own thing. We could never bring a friend. I don't know yeah. if you had that past. Yeah. So you would meet other famous young dudes. You'd up get there. on the bus with everyone. A hundred percent. And you just sat there like, oh hey, do you want to like hang out? But if you're a dime from Iowa. Yeah. Then you have to send in pictures and have other dimes from Iowa. Yeah. And that's how it works. So yeah. seven girls show up that are absolutely beautiful, but they're fully clothed. Are they, are they, is it sexy? Where? Yeah. Sure. But not, they're not walking around naked. And if the ones that were, they had the painted the body paint yes! on. Yes. And there's pillows. It's like Arabian Nights. The food and was good. Hookahs. And if you want to smoke a joint, the best drinks, apple martinis. Yeah. And then at two o'clock, they rolled out the next at prime rib table. And it would be that. And too short be on the mic. And it was the best. You yeah. never felt like you were being kicked out. No. And I've never 
did, did I have good times there? Yes. Was it a fucking Bacchanal? No way. No. no. It's like if people did go and hook up, it probably was somewhere private, but they kind of frowned on that. They yeah. wanted you to go off premises. Yeah, they were like, yeah, this isn't a, it was not a sex club. It no. wasn't like one of those like weird like. And if there was drugs, it was like maybe people were doing coke and stuff, I'm sure, and pills, but it wasn't like people were doing crazy hardcore drugs. No, no. And it was a feel good. Yeah. So go. And if you pulled out a camera, you were out. Out! They would take the camera and you were fucking gone. Gone! The yeah. way it should be. Because you'd have Herbie Hancock over here. You would have Too Short over here. You would have you. You'd see Bill Maher. Yeah. You would see, and I'm not going to A-lister, you'd see Clooney. I mean, yeah. there's nothing bad. Everyone yeah. was just enjoying their life. Yeah. And the best parties were obviously Midsummers because it was a half Sanctioned party that and Halloween. Yeah, that, are the only parties. They, they were the only ones I'd go to. Yeah, but you know, sometimes the off nights. Yeah, you know, why not? Hey, there's <laughs> a party. Let's go. Geico rented it out. I just remember when I was, I, cause I started going to them when I was like maybe 16 or 17. I thought you had said when I was six. No, when I was, I was, yeah, I was a teenager and I remember being like, hey, you got an invite to a Playboy party. And I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I, yeah. This is it. I've made it. Yeah. It's it was incredible. It was Jennifer. God God bless whoever she 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 was the liaison. Yeah. So going back to what we were talking about, yeah. If anyone was going to go to invite to the Satanist, I mean, people think that Satan and your dad, your dad's kind of like <laughs> totally, his right? homeboy, yeah. his right hand. You would think so, like that there would be some invite. Yeah. So I never no I never but. Did you hear of? There's definitely Satanists in Hollywood. Yeah, for do sure. Do I know it? I'm, I always tell people I've met like a couple and they were low key, but they were just like people that were like, yeah. We had goth kids. Yes, ex- exactly. Yeah. Um, but wasn't anything weird. And it was their whole thing was like, just do what you want. Yeah. Don't hurt it. But they were like, don't hurt anybody. Yeah. And so there's all these other things that people say about what Satanism is. But going back to that, it's like, yeah, I never saw anything weird either. It does not mean it doesn't exist. And it doesn't mean you haven't heard. Yeah. You do hear of like, you know, there are people that fucking do a little bloodletting. Yeah. You have heard of that. Totally. But, and there, and listen, and there was, and there was always rumors of the rapey dudes. And that was, I, yeah. Like guys who are fucking just, just he, scumbags. Yeah. Scumbags. It wasn't like, like he's a rapist, but he's like, there, it's, there's smoke around him. I yeah. would say. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you know, and it's, and it's one of those things where I think that's that's in any fucking industry though. Mm-hmm. Every any like Wall Street, there's fucking creepy. Oh dudes. fuck, like, dude. DC, there's we know there's creepy dudes. It's fuck. like the auto industry. There's it's like every industry is gonna have creepy dudes. But I always say people like, you know, I'll I'll use your family as an example, and then like, and then me and and, and stuff is like. It's not it, Hollywood is, is has its issues, but the craziest I ever saw the Playboy Mansion were the nights they would rent it out, and I would go to those parties once in a while to corporate events. Yeah, those people never get to let the fucking smoke out of the kitchen, and so when they would do, they would go batshit. Yeah, so that's why Wall Street people are fucking insane because they're pent up all day. Yeah, uh, fucking like you said, other industries like medical. <laughs> people right so hollywood we kind of live more ch- because we get to have such a less judgmental corporate life yeah we don't have to rage every you know we don't have a, a, a time where we can rage and that's it so that's why i say that hollywood kind of certainly gets a little bit of a bad rap because it's bad it's not as great as as, as it wants to believe but it's not as terrible as like other places totally 
I always and you know it's when you know when you go back to the kind of Alex Jonesy shit and he's talking about you know you like that dude oh, I, lo- I love I love, I love that rabbit yeah. hole too I'm with you bro dude, I can't you know, tell how much I like and they're talking about you know Beyonce and and Jay Z being in the Illuminati and there's all these like rap artists now who are like claiming that I'm like clones no it's like when you're in fucking Hollywood when you have a job in the entertainment industry you work for someone you're not the boss. Like, Jay-Z gets paid by someone. Mm -hmm. He's working for someone. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a record label. There's, you know, his endorsement or whatever. It's like, no. Like, the people that are really running shit are the ones paying everyone you think is running shit. Agreed. The people that are really running shit, we don't see. No. But I will say, the Balenciaga thing is very strange. That's fucking weird. That's some weird shit. And And to that point... The, some of the weirdest shit that I've seen has always been around the fashion world. Oh God, dude! That to me is like, huh, like that, I, and art. Yep, art and fashion. Because there's no super barrier to entry. I thought comedy had no barrier to entry, but there's no money in it until you blow up. Yeah, art. People can be so weird and creepy, but if, they, if someone deems their piece genius in six months, someone could be fucking Basquiat. Yeah, totally, and you can launder so much money through art. Oh my God, and yeah. fashion. For sure, those fucking young models and those creepy fucking Euro trashers. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I agree. I think that's the darkest. Yeah. It might be darker than the music business. Totally. And, you know, and then and then when you really start getting down to it, you start thinking about, you know, so much of like, you know, progressive Hollywood is like, oh, fashion and art and this and that. And, but they're all eco warriors, but yet they love fashion. And I'm like, the fashion industry is literally the most like, Uneco-friendly fucking industry in the world. Every what three to six months, you have to get new clothes to be relevant. <laughs> Dude, it's so true. It's like what happens to all that clothes, which are perfectly fine. Yes. But in six months, you have to throw it out. You cannot be seen in it again. And they're not exactly made under the best conditions. No. And the best labor practices. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, hypocrisy about. Oh my god, that's well, yeah, that's the that's my that's the thing that I think for me I despise most about Hollywood is the hypocrisy. Oh. It there were times where it was fun, but right now it's just the most hypocritical, up its own ass. Like we know better. It's like please, and you know what? I, TV's done. TV. I was having this conversation. TV is done. Like, the writing's been on the wall since the last financial collapse. Like, and I, I was having this conversation. You know, to that point. Uh, you know, from 09, when things started, when they, you know, the dust settled from the uh, from the financial collapse in 08, and they started trying to put the pieces back together, you know, the 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 bull market never af- changed budgets for television. T- you know, all these companies were making billions and billions of dollars, all these ad revenues were, you know, advertising on TV. It never, I never saw a budget increase for anything uh, from, uh, you know, even to this day. I mean, obviously now it's going down again. So it was always a telltale sign that like, well, this isn't, this might be sustaining. It's not recovered and they're only going to start going down again. And you just can't keep making TV shows for pennies and you know what they're really paying now. Like, and so I think TV's, I think TV's wrapped. Because the ad dollars aren't there. The ad dollars aren't there. And I think people who are content creators and uh, entertainers, they don't record, you I mean, Mr. Beast. Some greatest example. Greatest, some kid with... Turned down a billion. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Because we don't have to go out and go, Mommy. Yeah. Can I have some more chicken? Yeah. Like, 
I don't know. I did the weird accent. No, but that worked. It was good. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, because I, I was just to talk about this in one of my solo rants. It's because I, I had a show advice. I almost sold a couple years ago, and they go, we can go the most 150, the most 175. And listen, there's vice. There's people of vice that are annoying, but I love a lot of their content. Yeah. I think they're great, whether they're left or right. They're really good. And my buddy has the number one show that my buddy Stu works on behind the ring, mm-hmm. the uh, dark side of the ring. And I'm like, that, I mean, that was a fucking, like, almost my salary. You know what I mean? I like to do stuff. And I'm not saying I couldn't cut some of my salary, but like to make a crew work, they're not getting paid enough. No. And I just thought that's, so so yeah. So I think that's one of the great reasons it's done that you told me. But I also think just because besides the preachiness and the hypocrisy and the exposing from the internet of all the things, whether you believe them or not, of scumbaggery, I just also think that I get more, I could scroll on TikTok a lot longer than I could watch, you know, five episodes of a TV show. Yeah. And I learn. I mean, I know it's burning my brain, but I learn certain recipes. I'll learn a certain workout. I'll yeah. learn a skill. And I know they're taking all my information, but like, <laughs> do, like shows like White Lotus and Euphoria, sure, I'll try to watch them. And I, I'm sure they're amazing, but I just don't have the time. Yeah. And it's like, I just think... The whole, I think celebrity is disrupted and it's done forever. Like, yeah. There's only going to be a few legacy stars left. Well, the, let the Golden Globes be the example of that. Yes. I mean, you, what, you just told me about five and a half million views? 5.3 million, Jeez. the lowest rating of all time, and it was on a Tuesday. Yeah. I have to tell people, like, you can't, that's like. There was nothing going on Tuesday. It's a Tuesday, a rainy night on a Tuesday. Yeah. And I was, I drove around last night after I was working. And I just said, oh, I want to see if there's any parties. Like none. No um San Vicente by the by the design center, Elton John party. That's not there. No by the Beverly Hills Library. There wasn't one. There was no parties on Robertson, no parties in La Cienega, no parties in Beverly Hills. I didn't see one fucking party. Yeah. It dude, it's done. It's a fucking I mean, let and but everyone do the award ceremonies now, their participation trophies. You you don't even I yeah, I don't even think there are I want to still see they're somewhat real, but because I know because there's certain awards that I've gotten, and the reason I got them was a publicist. Well, one, if they're smaller, the will you show up? Yeah. And then the other one is that's like, we have said movie coming out, we're going to give you this award. Yeah. It also has to do with publicity. Totally. But I would hope to God a Grammy and an Oscar aren't that. But. They, I mean, from you know, with the with the Grammys, there's a lot of lobbying that goes along with the Grammys, mm-hmm. you know, and I think because music is so and has always been, and I'm, I maintain this has always been incredibly inclusive. Yeah, for or, sure. You know, well, at least the most. Yeah, way more so than 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 film or TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the Grammys still count for something, but mm-hmm. the Oscars, like, pff, come on. Like it's they're like all right who can we who can we invite so we have a good shot of them in the audience for one because mm-hmm. people want to see famous people 100%. and then it's like who can we give awards to who did a good job but we also want to keep everyone happy we don't want to piss anyone off dude I, I, you're you're so right and I feel that that it's just like I feel that fame. Because people can do their own thing, they feel like, why them? Why not me? Yeah. And that leads to a lot of annoying people on social media. 
but there's also lead, leading to an emergence of some really good people yeah. that would never get the shot. 100%. And yeah. so I always tell people they're not taking away from your traditional job. They just created another lane. Yeah. Um, speaking of the music business, because you sparked my brain, you had some interesting takes on things. And uh, we were talking about tickets and we we're talking about taylor swift and i don't want that smoke <laughs> yeah she's a she's a that she's a you have an opinion about her but yeah. i don't know if you want to talk about it i mean i don't i don't know her. i don't i mean listen this is just my ten thousand foot view but like there was some skull gut skull duggery with those that tickets so what happened so now this is i've got to kind of go back in my memory for this info but so there is a, a, a tactic that artists will play. I I'm pretty sure I know what it is. When yeah. they buy all the fucking VIPs for themselves, yes, and then last minute release them. Yes, exactly. So it's it's a it is a tactic that people will play. It's it they, they also might not even have to buy them themselves. It could be a part of their deal where they the promoter will be like, "Cool, we'll give you the first ten rows. You know, if you take less, we'll give you the first ten, and then you can have your people release them." There's a there's all sorts of uh, ways you can kind of, you know, bake the cake, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and I you know, and I just saw. I'm like, wait a minute. You're telling me Ticketmaster crashed. Taylor Swift I was like okay sure but there's been there's artists that are equally as big as her that go on sale and Ticketmaster doesn't crash mm -hmm. like that to me it just felt suspicious like you know you hear about oh Coldplay. she's the world's biggest well, she I mean, is Coldplay yeah. too absolutely but Coldplay Coldplay doesn't crash you know Foo Fighters don't crash like Rolling Stones don't crash like what I just it feels it to me it just feels like all right was it a publicity thing but then you hear, oh, they're going to investigate, you know, Congress wanted to investigate. And I was like, wait, Congress wants to investigate Ticketmaster, but nothing about the last two years with, like, the pandemic? Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. So funny. <laughs> but you had a, you thought that Taylor Swift had her hands in the pie. Well, they, yeah, everyone does. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, listen, she is, you, she is a very, who, it's definitely her, but she's definitely got some incredibly smart people behind her. Helping mm -hmm. kind of steer the ship, and she's very. I know she's very involved on every level. Mm -hmm. um, but I do, yeah, I do think that there is, a, you know, Taylor Swift is can be is is a very deliberate and calculated. Whether people think calculated is good or bad, but I think when you're managing an image like that, you have to be calculated. Mm -hmm. um, but she is, she's very deliberate with what she says, how she says it, what she releases. Like it's 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 business. It's it's. No different than SpaceX launching rockets. But the thing was that it shut down, and and, and it was because there was the demand was so high. Yes, that's okay. what they said. It shut down because the demand was so high, and then people couldn't get their tickets, and and everyone was pissed off. And it, I forget, I forget exactly. It was a, well, a little over a month ago now, but uh, but I just felt like she there was some like she was definitely or her, her when I say she her empire mm -hmm. was uh, was very. It just feels too. She plays three nights at Gillette. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. Oh, no, that's, she's the, there's no one, there's no bigger female artist. Artist? Yeah. I mean, I'm, like, she's, I mean, dude, she's, I don't know if anyone, she's yeah. just top as top. Yeah, and like, and here's the thing with, with Taylor Swift, when you've got the biggest celebrities in the world coming to your show to like, remember she was in that runway thing, and she had like, Ellen DeGeneres, like, doing, like, a weird walk-on thing. This was a couple years ago. She had, like, the biggest people in the world just, like, coming on stage with her. You're kind of like, yeah, you're just, 
you just that's a fucking power move. Like you're just throwing. Oh, your, she's a she's a top. Yo, she's a she's, she's top. She's a silverback. She's t- <laughs> she's a fucking silverback gorilla, and she's just like pounding her chest. Jesus <laughs> and she's like, "I will fuck you up if you don't play nice." I get what he just said, but people are gonna cry. But he's basically said she's she's the king or the queen. Yeah. Of the, the oh, most intense species. 100%. Yeah, I agree with that, but... She'll rip your arms off and beat you to death with them. <laughs> now that I've said this, like, the, the Swiftogram is just going to descend on it. She's not a gorilla! She's not a silverback! It's a compliment. Yeah, it is. She's like, the fuck, most... Man. She's the toughest, strongest, fucking most if, intense. If I, but she's if, beautiful, and she's super talented. If one of my daughters ended up being 50% of Taylor Swift, I would be so fucking proud. There you go! I would be like, fuck Yes, I have won the parent like lottery. Just and just so the Swifties don't come for us. You're saying that it, she's she's fucking great, but she's intense. She, she, you don't want to get her on your bad side. Oh yeah, no, I'm not trying to go to wall. I, that, yes. that, that's a, I don't want a tough wall with us. Uh, you don't want to get decimated. No, because I'll I'll literally wake up dead. She'll send people. She'll yeah. send some of her fucking babies gorillas yeah. after you. Oh yeah, no, you're done. Like it's. <laughs> I love that you said silverback. It's a beautiful reference. It is. It's the toughest well, I mean, gorilla yeah, in the jungle. Yeah, you literally have to understand I think, animals. I think a silverback could have beat a lion up. Oh, my God, yeah, dude. Silverbacks, they are the, like, pound for pound, like, the strongest creatures on on planet Earth. Can it beat a bear up? Fuck yeah, dude. I mean, wow. there's, like, a silverback is terrifying. Where are they at? The Congo? Congo. You never saw one. I've never seen one. I, I would love to go. Put it this way, I did some time in Pretoria, South Africa, shooting uh-huh. a movie for six months. Nice. I mean, six weeks. And um, I lived on a safari. Yeah. And, like, giraffes, although I wouldn't fuck with them, were cool. You had to have <laughs> the right food. Um, kudu. I don't yeah. know if you know what those yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. They were cool. Springbok? Yeah, springbok. Um, ostriches, do not fuck with them. No. I rode an ostrich once. <sighs> I have no idea how you did that. <laughs> Hippos. No. They will bite you in half. Yes, they will. They'll corner you. People don't realize that. They're and the most dangerous animal on the uh, on the planet Earth. With so wreck. And uh, <sighs> monkeys. Yes. So dude, the, the the monkeys would come in. Orangutans? Was they, no, no, they were orangutans. little baby monkeys, the oh, okay. cute ones. Yeah. And they weren't really, they fucking would every day take my fruit. And I have film of them doing it. I hid in the corner. And they literally are like little humans. And they look, they make sure no one's around. <laughs> and they, so just those guys yeah. were this big and they were so conniving. Yeah. So I can't imagine what a silverback's going to do. Oh, I never saw the gorilla. Oh, dude, no, they're like. Yeah, I love a good, I love a good, uh, like, story of, like, you know, well, you see it on, like, Instagram when, like, they're in the, the, like, captivity and someone, like, looks at the glass and pounds their chest and, like, through a glass, a silverback will, like, try and put its fist through the glass to get you. Yes. And I want to go back, but the hippos are beyond, I, I, I blame Disney. Yeah. Because they made hippos all cute, and we just had that game Hungry Hungry Hippo. Hippos will be in the water, and I was on a ATV driving from set and they were like, Oh, the hippos are over there. And it started coming. Mm-hmm. Now did it go fast? No, but it let me know very quickly to get the fuck away from it. I was in I was in Zambia and we were Ooh. driving home from, from dinner one night. That's in, that's not a statement you're gonna hear often. I was in Zambia <laughs> and I was at leaving a Denny's in Zambia. So, so, you know your dinner was literally in a forest. Yes. Yeah, we were with, like out in the eating, bush. Eating out of skulls. And, go we, ahead. and we were like driving that they had, you know, the driver and it was an open top defender and yeah. we're cruising. 
And all of a sudden, the guys start talking to each other in Afrikaans, and they're like, basically like, shit, gun it, because I looked out the window, and there was a fucking giant hippo running alongside us as we're going down this dirt road, and they'll run alongside you and flip your flip your Jeep. Dude, it's yeah. so, yeah, I, I believe, I don't know if I have the correct order, but deaths in Africa go... Low key mos- uh, malaria. Yep, mosquitoes are mal- yeah. HIV, hippos. Yeah, I think hippos are like top five of yeah. how people die. Yeah, they uh they definitely will uh they they claim some they claim some souls. Oh. And okay, so going back to the music <laughs> business because I you have so many opinions and I and I want to say this is that. To me, growing up, the Ramones, your father, um, later on you know, Kurt and, and Nirvana and then Rage and different people, you know, Bob Dylan, they, they were, music was the fucking fight the man system. Yeah. Right. And now our biggest artists in the world, they're great, but the ones that are most popular, like I love Billie Eilish, you know, but mm-hmm. she's not like fuck the man, no. you know, and all this stuff. And I feel like comedy is really more that now 100%, than ever. 100%. It's, 100%. Would you see that's the new rock and roll? Yeah, well, and I would say it's it's the new rock and roll and it's the new philosophy. Okay. Like, you know, you look at, like, Dave Chappelle is not a comedian. Dave Chappelle is a fucking philosopher. 100%. Like, that guy is... He's Zeus. Yeah, he's he's operating differently than everyone else. Yes. He's, his ability to, like, look at social, any social scenario, whether anything, and just dissect it from all these angles that you never would think is, like, I mean, that's it's like it's like divine inspiration. A hundred percent. And as we're talking, you and I are at lunch 